Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of If We Can Just Say. We are happy to have you here. My name is Jessica Carter Ogle, and my lovely co-host today is my husband, Stephen Ogle. <laughs> hey, you'll everybody. No- <laughs> you'll notice we had a little bit of a new vibe coming into the episode today, a little groove we had going on. Let's ask Mr. Stephen Ogle about that. Can you tell <laughs> us where that came from? Um, well, so uh, it's kind of a, a bit of a story. As with me always, there's always a story. Always. Um, so it, I actually recorded that 10 years ago. Um, I recorded it with GarageBand in uh, an apartment I used to live in. I recorded it in the small, super small closet with uh, the microphones we're using right now. So, um, And an iPad. So, uh, Very cool. It took me like six hours one day to, to record all of it it's two guitars and then i had i put drums to it um and the drums are from garage band but that took forever to try to get it to sync up and all that kind of stuff but it was fun um but it's a song that i remixed because i wrote with a friend of mine named ronnie parks from my hometown of paris we wrote that song together in i don't know 1999 or 2000 so the actual song itself the original version of it is very old this is only you know half as old but, so it's yeah. so cool. Like you've had a lot of little music riffs and things here and there that you've told me are so old, but you're finding use for them now. Or just when it strikes you to record it, you don't really know what it's for or how it might work. Like talk a little bit more about that. So I don't know. Like I have my guitar sitting next to my desk down here. So and, and I work from home a lot. But I don't know. Sometimes if something hits me, I'll pick up my guitar and start playing a riff, and I'll pull out my iPhone and start doing a voice memo and record it just so I don't forget it because I I never had that ability when I was a kid I couldn't record myself so like I would forget stuff all the time or I'd write it down and I'd write down chords or whatever Um, but I mean you can write chords on a page but you don't have the rhythm whereas if you can record it somehow you can go oh yeah I played that and then you can piece yourself back through it and piece what chords were so I'm recording all the time now like yeah I hear a lot of um music coming up from the basement yeah you know because he's in the basement i'm upstairs so we're two floors away but it's nice to hear he's always doing stuff down here yeah i think i think since september of 21 i've probably written six or seven songs and with lyrics i've got four so i mean like which takes me a long time to write lyrics but yeah so the intro came for something that was written a long time ago but you know and you normally and, do it downstairs here yeah, in the basement, right? Yeah, here where we're recording is where I normally do it. Um, and, and I have you know I have to wait for some peace and quiet and because it's quiet. We, it, we have a dog, so sometimes she's, I have to wait for her to not be barking at the neighbors. She's already bugging me now. We just started this episode. Yep, she's already playing. You're going to hear her. Uh, I have to ask Jess not to do any laundry so that I can okay. so I can do it without the noise of the laundry, which is only about... 20 or 30 feet from my desk well luckily for you we had our dryer <laughs> break recently so you've had a good couple weeks down here without me bothering you yeah it, it was it was a it was a week's worth but yeah, yeah i mean that was an unfortunate event new new homeowners yay we yeah. our stuff breaks we moved into our house in what october of 20 yep and in a year I feel like all we every time we think we're getting ahead we turn around and something happens what was the, the first thing was I woke up one morning in maybe like March or February. It, it was, was February. It was February, yeah. And I came downstairs. I had just taken a shower. My hair was wet. And Actually, it wasn't February. It was before Thanksgiving. We'd been here a month. Was it? Yeah. I came downstairs and my hair was wet and I was freezing. I was like, what is going on? I looked at the thermostat. It said 56 degrees. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Needless to say, we had some furnace issues. Yep. Steven knows more about the details. Yeah, I mean, our furnace, so we got everything inspected, and the, the house inspector looked at our furnace oh, and said I, everything was I fine. just say one thing? I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but for those of you new homeowners, a home inspection, like, just fully understand that all that is doing is making sure, like, the foundation isn't cracked yeah. or that there's, like, a hole in the actual wall. Or don't the- Don't be rest assured that... Your furnace, your AC, any appliance, any anything is good. Yeah. I mean, because they're making sure that, like, your electrical outlets aren't going to fry themselves and yeah. that, that kind of stuff. They're testing that kind of stuff. But, like, the furnace, everything looked fine to the inspector. But what we found out from our furnace guy after the incident in which she woke up and it was that cold, our, our pilot light wasn't on, and I didn't know how to light it. 
So we called our furnace guy and he come over. It's actually not our furnace guy. It's our, it's her dad's uh, furnace guy. Yeah. My dad's one of those, like, I know a guy, I got a guy for everything. So that works out well. (laughs) Yeah. So he came over and he walked me through how to light the pilot. But what he did was, is he shined a, uh, a camera up in there and he could see that when it gets hot, there was a crack right above right above where the the heat would come up and that crack flaps open and then it would flap down so the heat would come up and the wind from that would blow out the pilot it was like our furnace was self-sabotaging yeah so but also the furnace was from literally i think he said it was from like the late 80s early 90s so it's been here is like longer than the person who had the house before yeah. us, and he was here for 17 years. Yeah. So there was no way to tell from an inspection that our furnace was bad. So we went through that winter with that furnace, and I bought, I probably had to relight the pilot probably five or six times yeah. in three months, which was very frustrating, uh, which lighting the pilot is not the frustration. It's the frustration that it keeps going off, and we wake up in the morning, and it's 50-something degrees in our house, Correct. and it feels very cold. Um, but we got the furnace replaced, like last summer so much smaller so, yeah smaller it's it, got more room for storage <laughs> <laughs> i mean our furnace guy is great though i mean like he he did all kinds of stuff for us with that like he he put in new um it's a smaller furnace so it's it's shorter it's closer to the ground so he put in new duct stuff for that to work he put in um he moved our uh, humidifier thing, not humidifier. What is that? Yeah, yeah, humidifier. Humidifier, like it's it's supposed to be like actually on your your uh, duct, your cold air intake or whatever, and like it's supposed to be on that. And he put it on that, so that was cool. He did a bunch of stuff for us for free that he didn't charge us extra for, and uh, and he did it by himself because his partner didn't show up that day. His which, son. <laughs> yeah, which was really cool. Uh, nice guy though. Really cool yes, guy. Very cool. Um, and that, that ties us into the washer and dryer too, because yeah. like I put on the dryer, I went upstairs, I came back down, the timer hadn't moved. The clothes were still wet. You have that questioning <laughs> moment of like, do I all of a sudden not know how to use my dryer? Like what's <laughs> happening? So I did it again and yeah. I came back down and the same thing. And I'm like, okay, our dryer is not working. It's not getting hot. The timer is not going. So then, yeah. you know, last minute we have to buy a washer and dryer Thank God for online shopping because for me, like the last thing I would want to do is go to Best Buy to get a washer and dryer and go and pick one out and talk to salespeople, no offense to salespeople, and just do all of that after working all day. Yep. So the beauty was we did it all online. We ordered it all online. Everything came to, you know, get delivered. And then two days before, as they're calling to confirm it, the woman's like, well, you don't have a copper gas line, right? And I'm like, I have a copper gas line. No one told me I couldn't have a copper gas line yep and i guess that's not you know kosher anymore and so then we're scrambling to get our furnace guy back over here to fix our gas line yeah and he he came over real once again super nice guy came over late in the afternoon and and inspected it like for us for free and was like yeah i can do all this and the thing was is like what I don't understand is why the the guy who who did our inspection on the house to begin with before we bought it, why didn't he tell us the copper was bad? See, a bad I don't idea. because I don't think it's like it's not code. It's just like it's not correct anymore. But yeah. it's still like okay enough to get you to like buy house for you know a few yeah. a couple hundred thousand dollars, but like <laughs> <laughs> to make a purchase like that. Yeah. But like not okay moving forward. Yeah. And then, like, on top of that, before that even happened, we were, I mean, spoiler alert in our story, you know, we're married. We're about to, like, host some people, wedding reception stuff. Steven comes downstairs and... Oh, I came downstairs, which is where my office is, because working from home, when we bought this house, like, we 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 split. I went to the basement, and she, at first, was in our uh, bedroom upstairs, because it's a large bedroom, until we got her office fixed. Um, but I'm in the basement and I came down, it was, I don't know, it was, what, six weeks before we were doing our reception, maybe? Mm-hmm. So, like, the pressure's on to make sure that stuff's going to be on time and all that kind of stuff and make sure we're getting what we're going to have for that. And I come downstairs, and there's, there's like, two inches of water on the floor around my desk, around the stuff. Like, 
And I mean, thank God our basement's not level, so the whole thing wasn't like yeah. it was in like pockets, but that's enough to cause a problem. Yeah, I mean, like I literally had to redo my my music storage room where I keep my guitars. I had to get some Rubbermaid containers to put the cases down into so the cases don't get wet because I had like my foot pedal that got completely soaked and I had to leave it in our for- Florida room for like two weeks in hopes that like it would get dry enough so it'll work again, which it does work, so that's cool. But like... That was one of those things. Like I had four different companies come out to to you know give us an estimate, and like every one of those companies, like we're like like her dad looked up trenchless pipe repair, something we had never heard of, but he looked it up, watched the video. He was Keep like, "Keep in mind, folks, if you have sewer issues." Oh my gosh! So he's like, "This is a thing." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I have all four of these companies come out, and every one of them, except for the company that we actually used. So three out of the four were like, oh, we're going to have to bust up your front yard and bust up all of your your flowers and stuff, which, by the way, you have to replant those. You have to move those if you want those moved. It's not our responsibility. And we got stonework and stuff, so it's like we'd have to move all that stuff ourselves, and then they can only go to the sidewalk. If they have to go under the sidewalk, then we have to get permits with the city. It was just like... I'm like, what in the world? Like, so. And the irony is, trenchless pipe repair is when they literally put in a liner that adheres to your pipe. Yeah. And the whole point is, they don't have to bust anything up. Exactly. And the the folks that actually did it for us, uh, which we're not going to name any names, uh, but they did a good job. Like, it it was fantastic. The workers were really cool. Uh, They cleaned up after themselves. Um, They came in and installed like a rope. Because they got to pull the sleeve through, so they put in this rope. <clears throat> Excuse me. They put in this rope first, and the rope was there for the day before, so that the next day they could come in and put the sleeve through no, and expand the it. The rope was there for a week. Was it there for a week? It was there for hmm. a week because they put in the rope, and then we went out of town. Oh yeah, that's and then right. it rained, and so we were panicking while we were out of town at your mom's, and so we had to call my dad and be like, "Can you go over our house?" Luckily, we're only about twenty minutes from my parents. There's a lot of back and forth, yeah. And so I'm like, "Can you go to our house and just see if there's any water? There shouldn't be." My dad came over. My dad's so great. He came over. He's looking all around. He he filmed the basement floor oh, to yeah. show us that there's nothing there. Like so, that was awesome. And then about a week later, they came. Yeah. And did the actual repair. Yeah. And, you know, it was one of those things. It's like we're we're hosting our reception the one year anniversary of us getting married. And we had at the time invited, what, 50 people. And I would say yeah. at least 40 of those people showed up, if not all, all 50. Like we had a couple of we'll people get that did those details later. Yeah. Spoiler but, alert. But like it was a lot of people. And it's like, we can't have a sewage backup with all these people. That'll be a nightmare. It's like, we of have course, to. Yeah. Like, so things that they don't tell you about getting a house, things that, that they don't tell you is that things are going to break. But I highly recommend getting some sort of nest egg. Get some sort oh, of yeah. amount I of mean, money set aside, even before you buy the house. Like, get something set aside because you're going to need it. It's hard to save. We're all immediate gratification. Ooh. We all want everything now. Plus, everything is just costing so much. Like, we pay less for our mortgage than we did in rent, and that's a beautiful thing. And I think if buying a home was easier, more people could do that. But it's like, where do you get that down payment from? It takes forever to save oh. that. And then if you think, all right, I got enough money to cover my mortgage then you don't have enough money because all this other stuff happens. Yep. And it's just crazy. It, it, whenever you think you're ahead, you fall back. And I yep. mean, I, I will say, though, no regrets buying the house. I love our house. I love that it's ours. Yep. I would much rather be freaking out about stuff that I had to pay for in my house that I own and is building equity than renting an apartment where I can hear people underneath me. Yeah. Now the only thing I can hear is a dog over me dropping a frozen bone clanking across the floor. Yeah. Sweet sounds of home. Yep. That's uh, that's what I hear every day, folks, yes. is her dropping that bone right above me because my, my office is pretty much beneath the, the living room floor and she loves to sit there in front of the window. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we've had several things go and had to change them and I'm sure we're going to have more and we'll talk about those, obviously. Um, but like, it's just things we didn't prepare for but the washer and dryer thing was just like oh man because like literally like 
it was like, I got a bonus from work. And I was like, sweet, I got a bonus. In less than 24 hours from getting the notification I was getting a bonus, there goes the dryer. It's like, well, there goes my bonus. It, it, yeah, at, at it least feels that's like half- things happen that way. Yeah. 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 It was like, oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. Good, good times. Well, let's, you know, let's get back to some happy topics. Yeah. Speaking of good times. Yes. Why don't we talk a little bit about, so we, when we left off, Stephen was grabbing my butt in a parking lot. <laughs> and then it's like, where do we go next in the story of us? So I was thinking maybe we could just talk a little bit about some of our dates. Yeah. Some, some of some our like, fun times, some fun things before we were even actually dating, but just like. I always referred to it as hanging out. Uh, I believe my best friend said that once when she was not yet dating her current husband. Well, her only husband current makes it sound <laughs> like she's had multiple. So she's got the one. And um, I remember making fun of her. Like, what does that even mean? This is, you know, I told you all I was a late bloomer. So I wasn't really dating. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, hanging out. I would make fun of her. And when Stephen and I first met and I was like, we're not dating. We're, she's like, oh, what are you guys like hanging out? And I was like, Oh yes. Eating my words right there. So while we've been hanging out, what are some of our most memorable dates or just a little bit more progression in the story? Steven, what do you think? Um, well the thing that the earliest thing for me that sticks out is the, is the bowling. When we went bowling, we, that, lo- we love bowling. The pandemic has like oh, terrified me it. of putting my fingers in the holes in those balls yeah. and like what's in there and then like eating fries. It's like I used to yeah. just do that. I used to just stick my fingers in holes that other people's fingers had been in. <laughs> yep. People who had went to the bathroom like yep. and then I would eat fries with those same hands. Yeah. And I think to myself, I know they spray with like a Lysol spray in those holes, but let me tell you, if I stick a Q-tip down there, the things I would bring oh. out I got, I can't even think about it. Yeah, it's insane. So, yeah, it's like, do you take your own sanitizing wipes for every time? I don't know. I don't know. I, we got to go bowling again, though. So I We have gone once, but it was like... Not during the pandemic. No, it, it was like right before it, we went so bowling. I need like some gloves or like... I think I just said I'd bring a jug of sanitizer that we could just <laughs> use every time we touched anything. Yeah. But uh, sorry, but, go ahead. <laughs> but in our first date, that was bowling, which was uh, yeah, it wasn't it was, our actual. It wasn't our first date, obviously, because we talked it was about our that. Third date. It was like second or third. Uh, you know what? Actually, let's go back. Our second date was a really good date. Our second date, we did sushi. Yeah. We yes, went we to did. a really great sushi place in Farmington. Yes. Um, we met up. It was it was Good Friday. Yes. Um, I wasn't working, which it's funny because like I work in I at the time worked in Farmington but lived in Clarkston. And so for me, I wasn't expecting to drive down there that day. And then it just happened that you were going to be available because you had school stuff going on. You were studying for your yeah, GRE. Yeah, like no drink. Well, I was in. Yeah. I mean, I started grad school technically just to get a graduate certificate. So that's where I was at. But then I also decided to get my full graduate degree. So somewhere yeah. in the middle of classes, I had to take the GRE. But for this time, I was just doing a project. And so I was like, I can't drink. I can't go anywhere. Like I need to spend Easter weekend like doing schoolwork. Yep. And uh, so I'm not expecting to go down there. She texts me and she's like, well, I got some time. And I'm like, sweet, let's go. Do you like sushi? She said she likes sushi. So I'm like, all right, cool. So First of all, automatically, I'm already thinking first date was tacos. That's great. Second date is sushi, and she likes sushi. All right, we're getting we're getting to something here. We're getting to mm-hmm. something. So I drive down to Farmington. We meet at the sushi place. Um, I mean, it it was one of those things. Like the only table they had available was like a six seating table. So we oh, end up yeah. sitting next to each other because to sit across from each other, you'd be four feet away. So it was like, and I'm not a same sider. Yeah, neither am I. So it was a so that part was not the memorable part. But like when we got done. I don't know how, I don't know if you suggested or I suggested, but across the street was the mall that had the Walgreens with a Starbucks inside. Walgreens? Was it Walgreens? No. no. What was it? Uh, uh, Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble, yeah. But it had Starbucks inside. One of us recommended that. Yeah. I don't know if that was you or me. I'm going to say it was probably you. Probably. And we got in my I car. I take control of everything, so yeah, it was probably me. <laughs> so we got in my car and left her car and went over there. Um and we ordered our drinks and, you know, we sat down or whatever at, at one of those small tables. I think we walked, walked around, perused around a yeah. little bit. But at a certain point, I had to go to the bathroom. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And I remember going to the bathroom and thinking to myself, this girl thinks I'm weird. Yes. This girl thinks there's like, this girl is not interested 
And like when I get back, like there's just going to be like a small note on the receipt that says, thank you. You know, this isn't working out or something. Because I, I don't know. Oh, that's I didn't the first have... time you said that. You're, you always say, oh, he's just going to be gone. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, you drove me over here. So I'm at least going <laughs> to get back to my car before I leave. But I just, I just didn't have like my expectations were still low because I had not had any dates go to three dates at that time. Yeah. I liked you. It was obvious that I liked you. you, you you'll talk about that at nauseum. Yeah, too much. Too it was much. obvious that I liked much. you. But at the same time, I was like, I'm, I don't know that she's feeling this as much, even though our conversations are good and stuff like that. I just didn't want to have a false sense of hope. So yeah. when I went to the bathroom, which was a legit thing, I was like on my way back going, I bet she's going to be gone. She's not going to be there. And I came around the books and you were still sitting there. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, all right. Awesome. Like I've never I don't, gotten I don't, up yeah. and walked away from anyone. I've never had anyone get up and walk away from me like that. Like I can't even like imagine why I would do that. But yep. I mean, but that was a good date. Like that was, you know, and it was nice to not have an alcohol date. Like to be honest, yeah, the majority sure. of dates are going to get a drink. Yep. You talk about like, oh, do you want to get coffee or a drink? Nine times out of 10, unless you don't drink, you end up getting that drink. Yeah. And like you were the first person where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be really slow with it. I, I don't want to be getting drunk. I don't want to be like, let's just, you know, do that. Plus, I did have schoolwork that night. So, you know, that was a good date. Um, And then that third date was bowling, which, which, which was, was the a next lot day. Of fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going very slow and keeping him at arm's length when I saw him three times in one week. I'm weird. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm a commitment Fairy. phobe. I don't want to commit, but I also don't want to, like, I want to be, like, in control of the situation. Like, oh, I'm going to tell you that I can't see you for at least a couple weeks because I'm busy. But technically, I was able to make three dates in one week. But, like, I don't want to give you some kind of false sense of security about what's going on here. Like, yeah. I got at arm's length you still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm going to write a dating book out there for everyone oh, really my. just help you out learn my ways <laughs> my methods oh uh, it you know it and she came over on saturday which was for our third date she yes. actually came to my apartment and i am a i'm a clean person i am clean i'm organized what a treat ladies just what a real treat i am very organized very clean the only thing i don't do very well is dust but I did before she came over because I was like, it's a date. It's first impression, that sort of thing. I'm not great at dusting, but everything else, like I don't have a problem vacuuming. I don't have a problem sweeping. I don't have a problem keeping my dishes clean, my bathroom clean. Yeah. I have to have my bathroom clean. That's just insane to me to not have a clean bathroom. I think no one in our generation really, quote unquote, dusts. Yeah. I think until you like sit somewhere and go like, oh, is there like an inch of dust on that end table? I should probably get on that. Like I'll sweep all day, every day. But yeah. like dusting, I don't even think about. Yeah. So... So you coming over, I'm I'm a little nervous because I'm like, this is this is now a third date. Now you gotta keep in mind for me, at that point in time, I had gotten divorced in January of 2017 and I had been on dates and I had dated, you know, seen girls a couple of times, but never three times. So for me Thrice is the magic number. Ah, uh, she loves that word, folks. It there's only one reason to use that word, and that's for the band, but we'll get into that later. But anyways, <laughs> so she comes over for the third date. And and I don't remember, unfortunately, but did we go to the brewery or did we go bowling? No, that's different. We did bowling. I think we did bowling because on Because I left and I forgot my bowling shoes. So my bowling shoes yes. I've had since I was 18 years old and I stole them from a bowling alley with another, <laughs> a couple of my friends. The only thing I've ever stolen in my life and I should be ashamed of, but I'm also proud of. So I, and I use them. So bowling alley, like rest assured, they got use. Yeah. And I forgot them. So we made plans to meet for dinner somewhere. And I said, oh, can you bring my bowling shoes? Because in the back of my head, I'm like, I can't be trapped into something with this guy just because he's, he's holding my bowling shoes hostage. Like, you better bring my bowling shoes. So we're standing in the parking lot about ready to go in. And I was like, oh, do you have my bowling shoes? And he's like, yeah, they're in the car. Can I? I was just going to give them to you after. I was like, I just think maybe you should probably give them to me now. Like, just so we don't forget. Like, let me just put them in my car. It's totally fine. Not a problem. I, I've got it. And he's like, what do you think? I'm going to steal your bowling shoes? Like, And I was like, I just need my bowling shoes because I could maybe need to go bowling. So I will take them. Thank you. <laughs> me, meanwhile, I'm thinking to so myself. So I didn't make anything awkward ever, clearly. Yeah, like I'm thinking to myself, one, like the reason why it's memorable to me is because you legitimately thought that I was just going to keep your bowling shoes 
And I thought like, to myself, like dangling yarn in front of a cat. You want your bowling shoes? You gotta come over here. <laughs> I will not. I will not be catted. And I am. Uh, first of all, the shoes are not my size. My feet are way bigger no, than yours. No, holding me hostage. So, so it wasn't about. There's you. no way I could steal them and use them for myself. No. And so like, and I was like, what in the world? This girl with her bowling shoes. Like, okay, fine. Here, take your bowling shoes. I don't understand what's going on here. So weird. My bowling shoes. Yeah, her bowling shoes, man. What oh. a weirdo. So after those dates, we did a brewery. We did honchos. Yeah, at a certain back to point, our tacos. We, this is our best taco place. I'm gonna say honchos because I'm gonna tell everybody to go to honchos. Well, we're, yeah, we're we're not. I assume that we have national listeners as well. Yeah, it's located in Michigan. If you care to travel in, and you locals, honchos yep. Clarkston. It's in downtown Clarkston. So if you're ever coming into Michigan and you're in the Clarkston area. Go to Honchos. If you ever oh go to a concert gosh. at Pine Knob, hit up some Honchos before. Yeah. Honchos is the best. Like, seriously, they they opened that place uh, a couple years before you and I met. And I had been there a few times um, and gotten their tacos and loved it. But, like, when you and I went the first time, we sat at the bar. I think we yes. sat at the end of a bar where you were on one yes. side of the corner and I was on the other side of the corner, like a corner section. Yes. And... We looked at the tacos, and there was like 12 tacos or something like that that we yeah. could choose from. And literally, we just looked at each other and went, why don't we just get one of everything? I also randomly met your best friend that day. Yeah. Because we ran into him at Honcho's. Yeah, because they... He had the look of a man that had heard a lot about me. <laughs> yep. They were sitting out... They had a table outside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Because they were, they were packed. That's why we sat at the bar. There was no pl- tables to Plus, sit. that's what you do. You sit at the bar. If you're a couple... Yeah. You're a hip couple of hip cats. You sit at the bar. <laughs> so we ordered one of every taco. And it it's the type of place that like I trust what they do with their tacos. There'll be items that I would never eat that are on their tacos that I will eat. There's still a couple of things that I just go, no, like I'm not going to eat cauliflower. I'm not doing it. That's weird on a taco for me. But like there are so many like onions. I don't even question it. And I'm not an onions fan. But it, they put them on their tacos. They could literally, it could, it could be pork and onions and cilantro and i'm gonna eat it it came from honchos i, I just trust them like just very delicious all their stuff is so good so we are in no pay in no way being paid to we are not we, we are, are just sincere we have no sponsors at this time we've never like Yet. and and at we've also said that we're not going to really name names on yeah. things but honchos is too hard to not name like yeah. that place is just fantastic so um and we kept going back there every time that she would come in yeah. for a date it was like, we want to go to Honcho's? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we had about five dates. And then, yeah, I think that, I think it, it about five dates. And yeah. then. And then, and then the inevitable happened. D-Day. And then, and then Jess happened. So walk me through what happened. I'm sitting at home. I had had my day of work. We had, we had not really messaged much that day, but like it's early on, so I didn't really think about that too much as far as like you're working, I'm working, like we're busy people. I had gone to the gym, I'd gone home. Like I was sitting at home getting ready to I don't know, watch some Netflix or something, maybe play a video game or something, and I get a phone call from Jess at about eight o'clock at night. Yeah. It was on a I think I it was think on it was a, a Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. So it was and a Tuesday. So, uh, mind you, we are not dating yet, but I know that he likes me. He sent me a thing of, like, recipes and was like, oh, maybe we should try to make a couple of these. And I <laughs> was, like, terrified. They were desserts. I was like, what is this guy thinking? Like, are we people that do that now? Are we at the, We're not even dating. Like, And I knew he liked me. I could tell that he liked me. And it's not that I didn't like him, but I'm going to be honest with you. I was terrified. But I didn't realize that till after. So the mindset I'm in now is, I'll be honest, I'll the scene. I had went out on a date with somebody else earlier that day. Uh-huh. Um, this this has nothing to do with the, St- the Steven situation. But I did. I came back from that date. I looked at an apartment. And I was thinking to myself, I just, I want to be independent. I am not ready for this yet. And I can tell that he want something more which is fine there's nothing wrong with that but I just wasn't there yet so I called him and I told him I had a cool conversation I felt like the most adult (laughs) I'd ever felt in my whole life I was like I am killing this conversation right now I am like being honest with him I'm telling him he's a great guy it's it the it's not you it's me is oftentimes true Yep. Like, that's just a stupid cliche to make people feel insecure. But it's true. It was me. It was not him. 
And like, I was like, you know, I, I, I don't think we should hang out. I don't know what I can give you. And I remember he said to me, because on our first <laughs> date, I told him I'm the kind of person that when I'm done, I'm done, whether it's family, friends, anything, dating, if something happens and I feel differently and that knob of how I feel about you is turned because of something, I can close that door. I can be done. I can set that boundary. And so he told me, I know you like to close that door, but I'm just asking you not to lock it. Yep. And I was like, oh, boy, that's a line. That's a line all my girlfriends love. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so, like, sweet. Like, I was like, okay, you know, this is great. Like, take care of yourself, all this stuff. And he had said that earlier in that night he was in the shower thinking, wow, I've never gotten on this many dates with someone. Like, what are we going to do next? And then I call him and I break up with him, basically. Yeah. So, like, I sat at home. I Like I said, I was planning to watch Netflix. Um, I think I... In a very rare thing, I think I went to bed at like nine o'clock that night. Well, yeah, because your heart had just been broken. Yeah, it it was one of those things that, like, I, like she said, I I had been in the shower. I was like, man, what what can we do next? I don't I I don't know what we do at this point. Like, it's been so long that I've gone on this many dates with somebody, and like, and to be honest, and it it, it had been long since something felt that real. Like, and I, I agree. It, I agree. That was my problem. Yeah. I mean, everything we were, we had this thing where like everything was organic between us. It just yeah. naturally it happened. It still is. 100%. It, like it just literally like the schedule opened up. Hey, I, I'm free this evening. What do you want to do? Oh, I, I could, I could do that. Let's do that. So like, it was literally like everything happened that way up to that point. And that was five dates, but still like we, we were texting enough. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I knew I knew how serious she was after five dates and texting a little bit that what she said in the first date that when she when she's done, she's done. And I was just like, well, I know you said that, but, you know, like, like, I don't know, maybe don't 100 percent close it, lock it like just don't don't do that. Like, just give leave the light open. Yes. Leave the light on sort of thing. And uh so, well, his famous line about this that he likes to say all the time, and I'm shocked he hasn't said yet, is, "Well, she broke up with me, and we weren't even dating." I was getting there. Oh, apologies. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I sat there like we're not even dating. But the alternative to that is ghosting you. What am I supposed yeah. to do? Do you want me to ghost you? You were a nice guy. You were a genuinely nice guy. There was no way I was going to ghost you. So if that means I break up with you before we start dating, so be it. There was no way I was going to ghost you. Yeah. And that, and I appreciate that because I, I had been ghosted. I had plenty of girls that sent me a text and was like, thanks for the nice date. You're a nice person, but I don't think we have enough in common or whatever. And I sent I sent same messages to other girls, too, yeah, where I was like, me too. Yeah. you know, that's I was always... I, I pride myself on the fact that I was always nice that if the girl wasn't for me, after the date was over and I got home, I would send them a message and said, thank you for the nice time. You're a very lovely, lovely person. Um, I just, I don't feel like that we had enough of a vibe. And, well, and, and, and I said, and I hope you find what you're looking for. That's what I always said that because I always wanted for the person to not when they talk about their dating history, yeah. I didn't want to be one of those people that well, they talked about being a jerk. honestly a gentleman. And I think that you're a, you are a kind person. And like, I went on a date with a lot of nice guys, but I went on a date, dates with some dicks too. Like, and it wasn't just like they were just complete jerks, but just the way things ended or the way things were, or like, there's the attitude with online dating. That's like dime a dozen. There's always someone out there like move on, move on, move on. And you know, you weren't like that. So I wasn't going to do that to you, though. I will say, you know, I went to sleep that night thinking like, Jessica, you're such an adult. Like you are so great. And like all yep. this stuff. And then I woke up and then I was like, okay, well he always texts me good morning, but of course he's not going to text me good morning today. Like that is fine and totally makes sense. And I'm going about <laughs> my day and I'm feeling like a little weird, but I like, don't know why. And as you know, I'm still living at my parents' house. So my mom says something to me. I snap at her. She says something else about something. I snap at her again. And then I'm like, I got to go to work. And I'm driving to work. And I start crying. And I call my mom. And she's like, what is going on with you? I said, <laughs> well, I stopped seeing this guy that I was talking to and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm just, I'm not sure. Like, I was fine last night. And she's like, so let me get this straight, Jessica. You like this guy? And I said, yes. She said, you have a good time with him. I said, yes. 
And she said, and he treats you right. And I said, yes. And she said, so you broke up with him? Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and I was like, dang it, Karen. That's my mother. I have uh, to say Karen when I'm really just, you know, yeah. I need to get it out there. I'm like, dang it, Karen. So then I'm like, what do I do? And she's like, I don't know what to, I don't understand you people these days. She's like, <laughs> I don't understand. She's like, you can just hang out with somebody and date someone. It doesn't have to be like you're overthinking everything. Yeah. So I'm driving to work. And then I don't know, my aunt messaged me while I was at work and either my mom said something to her or I did. And she's like, Jessica, you can be so self-sabotaging. Mm. Like, she's like, I just, I want to be honest with you about this. Like, please don't be mad at me. But, you know, so we have this whole conversation and they're both like, you should just talk to him. And I'm sitting at my desk, like crying, like some sort of lunatic, really. <laughs> like, honestly, like the night before I'm like riding high on this adult vibe. Like I'm killing it in life. Like, this is great. Like, I am such an adult. I broke up with somebody. Like, look at me go. <laughs> and I was nice, and he was nice, and now I'm crying. And so I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, all right, I'll call him on my lunch, and I'll just leave a message. Oh, it wasn't my lunch. It was like 10. Yeah, it was like 10 we, or 10.30. We, it had been like 16 hours since we broke up. And so I called. I was getting ready to call, and then he answered the jerk. I was like, <laughs> oh, hi. And then I was like, hey, like, how's it going? And he's like, good, how are you? I didn't expect to hear from you so soon. But he did steal <laughs> one of my online um, dating profile <laughs> pictures to put on my phone. All right, let's 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 go back for a second. So first of all, I was on the phone chatting with one of my guys from work that lives in another state. And we, we chat every day. Every single day we chat. They're like Waldorf and Statler, if you're uh, familiar with the Muppets. Oh, it's fantastic. So, um, But we chat while we're working and we talk about other things, we, everything. And I literally, so I had taken, admittedly, I took her, her main photo that, that was the main photo from her dating, profile. dating profile. And I saved it in my phone on her phone number. So I could see if she called her, her face would flash up. I had been on a lot of dates. I had other girls' numbers in my phone, and I didn't have any pictures for them. So I, it was one of those things that like, I was like, this girl I actually like, so if I get a call from her, I'm going to answer it. Even if it's in a week or two, I'm going to answer because I had a really good time. And also, I had told her not to lock the door. Like, mm -hmm. close it, but don't lock it. So, so I was hoping she would call. So I'm on the phone with him, and we're just talking about, I don't know, we were probably talking about sports or something. And I leaned down and looked at my phone, and I saw her face on my phone, and it's ringing. And I said, uh, hey, buddy, I got to call you back. I got a personal call coming in. And he's like, okay, cool. Hung up, answered the phone. I'm like, hey, what's going on? The funny thing <laughs> is, originally, we were supposed to go, like, mini golfing the next day prior to the breakup. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking on the phone. I'm, like, trying a little bit, sounding like a lunatic. Like, actually, I don't even know what he was thinking, continuing <laughs> to go out with me. Um. <laughs> But I was saying to him, I was like, I'd like to hang out, but I can't promise you anything. Like, I can't even say that we're dating. I just don't want to get your hopes up. Like, I know that you really like me. And you were like, and I said, I'm just really like scared. I'm uncertain. And you were like, so am I. And I was like, yeah. really? Because he seemed so like, I just felt like every time he looked at me, it was like, yeah, well, this is a person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. So I'm set. And the person that he's going to be with for the rest of his life is like cold armpit sweating because they're <laughs> freaking out. So, you know, I have this whole rambling conversation about like, I would like to hang out with you, but I can promise you absolutely nothing. And like all this stuff. And I was finally like, what do you think? And he was like, well, we were supposed to go mini golfing tomorrow. You want to go? And I was like, okay. Yeah. And literally, what I told her on the I phone... I liked that you finally... You said you were scared. I should have probably just asked you that in the first place. That's that's the thing. Like, Jess and I have always had great communication. We always tell each other everything when there's an issue going on. If the other person knows it, which we do. Like, I know if she's having a bad day, and I'll talk to her about it. I'll probe her a little bit. If she doesn't want to talk about it, I'll, 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 I'll wait a little bit, give it a little bit more time. But eventually, we talk about it to each other because we know when the other person's off sync. And so what I told her in that conversation was, is like, I don't, I, I'm nervous too, but like, I've never gone this far in this many dates. I just, I'm just hoping we make it to a baseball game or something and have a hot dog and a beer together. Yeah. Like, I, I'm well, not, I, also, I was like, I'm not trying to plan a wedding right now. I also don't do like the vulnerability thing. Yeah. That's not a thing for me. Yeah. Which like these, there are, there are walls 
yep. with like guard dogs and then iron gates and then like a moat. And I wish you well, my friend, yeah. and, getting over all that. And the thing is, is that like we had talked on our first date about the fact that she asked me whether or not, because I had been married, she asked me whether or not I would be open to being married again because she said that she wanted that in life. And I said, well, if it's the right person, yeah, I'm not just going to get married to get married, but if it's the right person, I got no problem getting married again because I, I want to be with somebody. And if that's if if that's what happens, that's what happens. Man, I'm not opposed in, to it. In hindsight, I feel like I gave off a lot of mixed signals. But the, th- <laughs> yeah. the thing is, like for me, yes, you're probably thinking, I thought she was going into it wanting whatever. What does she care if he wants to get married? A little bit more in my backstory, like when I was with my ex for about three years, I was under the impression that we were probably leading to marriage until one day I was notified that we were not, that what we had was like enough. And that was the beginning of the end because it wasn't enough for me. And, you know, that, like I said, that was the beginning of our end. So although I didn't know what was going to come from it, I didn't want to be in that situation again. So knowing that he was divorced and rightfully so people get hurt and people say, I'm not doing this again. And I can't fault them for that. I'm somebody that never really wanted to have children. So I'm upfront about that. I'm like, and we talked about that on the first date, but I'm like, I just want to know if you're open. And I even said like, it doesn't have to be me. You don't, you clearly don't have to marry me. Spoiler alert. But (laughs) you know, I want to know if you're open to it. And just the fact that he said yes is, you know, great. That just shows how much growth you can have and how much you can understand that not people don't have you and other people don't have to pay for like the mistakes of other people that hurt you that you're grown up and healed enough to be like moving forward yeah so you know that and and that took me some time like that took me a couple of years because when I first got divorced I was like I'm never getting married again you anybody can ask my mother I told my 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 mom many times I was like I'm never getting married again well I told not happening I told my mom as I was moving out of the apartment with my ex I will never move in with somebody again without at least being engaged without at least having a ring on my finger I won't do it yeah well so best laid plans on both our parts yeah because I I told my mom I was like I may live with somebody again but I'm not getting married yeah so it's just funny. You know, it's, it's funny, funny the, yeah. the walls you put up for yourself or like the rules that you put up for yourself. And legitimately, when you meet the right person, it's all out the window. Yeah. Like you, you don't yeah. even think about it. Like I have a couple of friends that are like, I just don't understand. Like, how do you know when it's the right person? And the only cliche in life that is true is that you just know. You just know. If you're in a relationship and you're asking me, how do you know if it's the right person? I promise you, you're not with the right person Yeah. because you just know it's like, how do I know that two plus two is four? It is. That's a fact. I can see it. And I can see that he is the right person for me the same way I can see that two plus two equals four. Yeah. And the irony is the thing I never mentioned. The one thing I always say when people ask how we get together is I always say I made an accidental swipe, right? Accidental. We were on one of the dating sites to where you both had to, swipe right in order and then the girl had to initiate the first message yeah so like we had to both swipe right on each other but i had to send the first message so where i was looking to live was called like huron charter township where steven was living was independence charter township these are a good like almost hour away from each (laughs) other and when i read the charter township i thought it said huron and i was like all right right swipe and then as we're getting more into conversation i was like where the heck do you live? I was like, Oh my God. So I knew that I was a goner for him, even like after the breakup and all that, when I would drive from Ann Arbor, Michigan to Clarkston after work in rush hour traffic over an hour to like get to his apartment, I was like, dang it. I like this guy. Like, this is not my plan. I think, and people have said this to me and I've said it to people. The best thing you can do in life is not plan and not have a, this is what I'm going to do leave room for movement, leave room for adaptability and for the things that life throws at you. Yep. And, and for me, another small tidbit for me at the time. Um, so that was the beginning of 2019. My, I have two cousins that live in Texas that are huge into fitness. They, they both compete. Uh, they both are former military. Like they are very, very good at what they do. Um, and they, they both give me a lot of uh, gym workouts and tips and stuff like that. And they have been doing that for a while. But I remember seeing them 
for Christmas before before Jess and I matched. And I remember them both going, why don't you move to Texas? You don't have anything up there anymore. You're not dating anybody. Why don't you move to Texas? So, like, I had thoughts like that going on before I met her. And, like, so I, I didn't know if I would stay. So, um, you know, it was one of those things of, like, what do we do when you set your plans mm-hmm. and then you meet the right person and, like, all that thoughts about Texas, all the thoughts of, of doing other stuff just disappeared. One thing that's really cool, though, that happened, which is after my dad passed in 2013, which is not the cool part, but I lost my relationship with playing guitar. I had to figure out how to play guitar again, which I'll get into that story more in more detail. But basically, my dad and I played music together since I was 13, and he passed when I was... Uh, 33. So for me, music was very different once my dad passed. So it took a long time. I mean, literally, I had, I, there, I've got an Instagram post where I hadn't played guitar in two years and I pulled out my acoustic guitar. There was dust on the case. And like, I just took a picture of it and put it up on Instagram. It was like, hello, old friend. It's good to see you're still there. Like, I, I, I didn't know how to play. A month before I met Jess, I sat down for the first time in my life and accidentally started playing Hotel California. I had never tried to play that song in my life. And I accidentally started playing Layla, and I'd never played that song before in my life. And after I met her, I started playing on a regular basis. The joy that I had from being on dates with her put me back into a creative mindset of starting to play guitar again. That's so sweet, baby. Yeah. So for me, guitar has been a big thing. Yeah. I think too, when you're, when you get sort of like that unexpected jolt of joy and happiness, you then intrinsically think, well, what are some of the things that gave me this before that I haven't had in my life. Yep. And you just sort of start doing them again. Yep. Just very simple baby steps. But I know for you, guitar has been huge in your life. And like, as a woman, I'm not going to lie. Having a husband that can play guitar for me is like <laughs> swoon city. Like, Oh my God, I love it. And he's so talented and he's so passionate about it. Like I am, I, I'm not ashamed to say I am envious about the passion that he has <laughs> for guitar and music because I don't honestly have that for anything. And like, it's, it's beautiful. And to watch him play, like makes me so happy because he is so happy. I love it. And I know like he makes me think about music more. Like I've always been a music person, like we talked about with Janis Joplin, but he makes me think about it more. He makes me hear it differently I hear it through his ears a lot of times and it just takes on a whole different meaning for me like to hear guitar riffs to hear like the blues people like he plays a lot of like BB King and like um Albert Albert Collins Collins. yes and I don't know like a lot of that but now I'm like oh is that Albert Collins when you because I can hear it I can hear the guitar sounds I can hear how it's different like i'm i like a lot of southern rock like leonard skinnerd those kind of guitar riffs like i have a live leonard skinnerd album that apparently i didn't know i listened to as much but steven tells me it's like in my rotation of the always picks so but i've always loved guitar i've always loved the sounds of guitar i've always loved live music hendrix like those kind of guitar riffs you know you can listen to and just be transported by feeling the passion coming from these artists. I I know we've got a lot of musicians nowadays, but to be honest, I don't hear anything that sounds like that, like intrinsic passion that you hear. And I know you're Steven motivated by that a lot. So who for you, like I obviously love um, Hendrix. I always liked Stevie Ray Vaughan. I like him a little bit more. Um, I don't know that many guitar players off the top of my head, but who are your biggest like influences for guitar? So for me, I heard Hendrix is is the is the first guitar player that I heard that I know for sure. I was like, what am I hearing right now? Yeah, as it, I was probably nine or ten years old, and I was like, what is this? When my dad got his first uh, CD player, 
which at the time probably I bet they paid two hundred dollars for it. It's insane what so they paid crazy. back then. Um, but it was in the mid nineties, early nineties, and we got um, we got three CDs. We bought Jim Croce's Greatest Hits, oh. a double Greatest Hits oh, album. Family so, after my own heart. So it had like thirty songs on it. Um, it had uh, we got a BB King's Greatest Hits, and we got. Uh, a CD by a band called Big Tent Revival. They were a new Christian band at the time, and it was their first CD. Those were our first three CDs that we got. So my dad bought the CD player at Walmart with those three CDs. And I remember The Thrill Is Gone is the first song on the, on the CD, and I heard that. And as a kid, I just, like, I could not believe what I was hearing. Now, granted, I was probably 10 or 11. I didn't start playing guitar until I was 13. That came... We went to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to see my uh, aunts and uncles that lived down there. And we stayed with my Uncle Bill and Aunt Kathy. My Uncle Bill is an enormous classic rock fan. Loves Stevie Ray Vaughan to death. Pink Floyd. I mean, you know, just they, it go, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Fog Hat, all of them. He yeah, loves them all. Great stuff. So we get there. And he looks at me, and I had—I don't remember him prior to this. He might—I might have seen him, but I don't have any memories. But this memory I have. He looked at me and he goes, "All right, so what'd you guys listen to in the car?" And I was like, "Well, you know, we listened to Jimi Hendrix, we listened to Cream, we listened to some Blind Faith, some BB King." And he's like, "Have you heard of Stevie Ray Vaughan yet?" And I said, "I don't know who that is." He goes, "Come with me." And we walked into his den. We had got there. It was like seven o'clock at night. It was already dark. Like, and he walks me into the den and he puts in this videotape of Stevie Ray Vaughan live at El Macombo. And I think I watched that staying with them over the weekend for three days. I think I watched it four times in its entirety. I literally sat in front of the TV and was mesmerized by what I saw. It's it's amazing how like those moments happen. You have no idea in your life yep. going to your uncle's house that something is going to happen that is going to be truly like transformative yep. for your life and sort of set the stage for a lot. Folks, just for the record, I just watched this recently as he bought it on iTunes. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty dang great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it is one of the most amazing live concerts I've ever watched. And I've watched it multiple times. And I remember sitting there as a kid and on our way home, I remember telling my dad, my mom sat in the back seat at one point for an eight hour drive. And I sat in the passenger side and I remember telling my dad, I want to learn how to play music. You play guitar. I want to learn how to play. And I started learning how to play bass, but I wasn't it. My fingers were too small at the time. And, and bass are like frets are really far apart. The strings are bigger. So well, my dad got me a guitar. And then how did you start learning guitar? Who, who was teaching you guitar? The original teacher for me was Dan Knowles, my dad's best friend. Um, and he was teaching me how to play bluegrass and country. I was in a class with two other people. I don't remember who those people were. We met at his house in his living room. Um, and he had been at that point in time building instruments for a few years and giving lessons and building a studio in his house, um, which fast forward now to 2022. I mean, like his, his, his impact on bluegrass music in the state of Tennessee and Kentucky is absolutely insane like yeah. he is known he's great he's known statewide for banjo and it is absolutely one of the best musicians i've ever met in my life and building instruments like it's it's crazy but he was teaching me how to play guitar and i hated it i hated playing country i hated playing bluegrass i wasn't interested because i wasn't listening to that as a kid i was listening to steve ray vaughn hendrix and bb king that makes sense that's what i wanted i wanted to play solos and I remember after about three months of it, it was every Monday night for about three months, and I remember riding home with my dad, and I was like, Dad, why why is Dan teaching me? Why don't you teach me? Like, I see, I see you all the time. I, I have to, You have to drive me here on a Monday night, and then you got to go figure out something to do for an hour while I do this lesson. Why don't you just teach me? And he's like, okay. So he had a conversation with Dan. I don't know how it went, but Dan was like, okay, cool, whatever. No big deal. Because Dan, everything rolls off him like water off a duck's well, back. Well, it's nothing he's just, personal yeah, either. No, it's he's, just, yeah, I, it's I cool. mean, I think it's great that as a kid you were like, look, you know, so many kids have so much like 
you know, strife and just whatever with their parents. I, I'm young. My dad doesn't know anything. But for you to yep. be like, oh, my dad does know stuff and I want to learn it and I want to learn it from my dad. Yeah. That's cool. And so he walked over to his collection of CDs at the time because this is years after we've bought the CD player and we've done the various different uh you know, get 12 CDs for the price of one, yeah, doing all that, kind of, yep, yep, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yep, all that kind of stuff. He walked over and he handed me Jimi Hendrix, The Ultimate Experience, which has all his hits on it. And he goes, listen to this, learn a song, and we'll talk about it next week. And I went, okay. And I remember going into my room and sitting in front of my radio, turning it on, and learning Voodoo Child. But see, that's a talent right there. That's not like a normal, like, that. your dad's not being normal there. That's not how you normally teach someone to play guitar. That's your dad being a guitar player. Yep. Knowing that you have a special kind of connection to a guitar. You're not an average student that needs to learn chords in a, you know, bluegrass class. You yep. are somebody that can listen and can play. Like, your dad had a different way about it. It's an innate talent that he had that was yep. passed on to you. Yeah, I mean, which he, is cool. He could tell in the car that when I sang along with a song that I sounded in key. Whereas, like, like I don't even know what that is, and I yeah. have played instruments and know how to play a couple. So <laughs> and and I still don't know because I grew up with my mom singing, singing, uh, just give me old time rock and roll, Bob yeah. Seger. I could, I could picture it in my head. When I hear that song, I can see my mom moving around the house with that song cranked to 45 as but far as it can go. she's a singer, too, so she's singing yeah. in key. She, you've always heard music play correctly. Like, most kids hear their parents sing a song or whatever, but they don't hear their parents legitimately sing it in the right key and in the right way. Like, yeah. you're, it's a musical family. That's yeah. what you had. So, and, and then... T- as I moved further, I got into uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I got into Albert Collins and Albert King and Buddy Guy. And, like, it just kept going. Muddy Waters, like, all these bands. Um, and so I got into all these bands that were blues and rock and roll and, you know, and the kind of stuff that when you listen to it, it has feeling. Yeah. That's the part that... It's alive. That's what pulled me in. The first two songs that Stevie Ray Bond plays at Live at El Macambo are instrumental songs. The first one is his called Testify. The second one is a song that I don't remember the artist's name, but it's called So Excited. And literally, if you didn't know that they were two different songs, you don't know he changed songs. He, it is fluid. Mm-hmm. And then he does Voodoo Child. And I knew Voodoo Child. I had already been exposed to Hendrix. Yeah. So I watched him play Voodoo Child in a way that I had never heard Hendrix play it. So like that I like I I credit I credit my uncle Bill as much as I credit my dad and Dan for teaching me. I credit my uncle Bill because he literally pulled me aside and was like, So, what kind of music do you guys listen and that to? That started Absolutely. It started everything for you. And like, I remember when we were in high school, I remember the Save the Music stuff that VH1 would yeah, do. Yeah, and yeah. I would watch those things just so that they would have another viewer to yeah. give them because music saved me yeah. in so many ways. So the intro that we did, that we have. Um, to tie it all in today. <laughs> the intro that I recorded years ago. The, the remix style of that song and putting guitar solos underneath it and stuff like that, it's all inspired by every bit of music that's come before me. And my dad, I played music with him until I until he passed. So I played music for him with him for twenty years. Yeah. On stage. That's amazing. In the house, writing music together. Um I mean, like, by a campfire. Like, it just, I, I mean, we played so it, much were, music. You were born and raised on it. You, It's in, when people say things are in your blood, it's in your blood. Oh, There I, was absolutely. no way you were getting out of that house without it. But it's a great thing for you. It's a great outlet, yep. that creative outlet. And you're you're so talented. I love hearing you play. I mean, I. I and I'm not just saying that, people, because I'm very critical. Ask anyone who knows me. <laughs> He's wonderful. You know, I, you know, my dad, my dad taught me a lot. 
he taught me a lot. He, When we played music together, he would be playing at a certain place on the guitar, and he'd be like, I'm playing these chords. Don't play these chords. Play them somewhere else. Meaning, for, for those of you that know music, he'd want me to play in another octave. He'd want me to play higher up. Yeah. Play this G chord, but don't play this G chord here because I'm playing it here. Play it somewhere else. And, like, he challenged me all the time. Learn how to play this somewhere else on the guitar. Don't play it in the same yeah. place all the time. And, like, I still do that to this day. When I'm writing music, I'll fiddle around and go, oh, well, it doesn't sound – it sounds yeah. good here. You know, and that's just – it's ingrained in me. I Like, I, I love music. So, on this podcast, we're going to – we'll end up talking a lot yeah. of music, and I may ramble a lot, so I apologize in advance. I'm, I'm I ramble. I'm going to myself a big hook, like, at the end of the Bugs Bunny <laughs> cartoons. Yeah. I'm going to hook him for you guys. Yeah. But, so, but yeah, so as you hear the music – playing out on the end of this podcast know that that's original content like it's not some sort of it's not a track that i that i got for free or that i had to pay for it's one that came out of my brain um so i hope you enjoy it as much as we do yeah so uh before we go i'd like to plug all our social media yeah you better so we have uh if we can just say on instagram facebook Twitter, yes. all three of those places. Yes, um, we are still working on uh, on our website. Hopefully, that will be up soon as well. We have the domain name, so we yes. own the .com, um, but we're working on getting that put up at least to have a front facing page with some information on it. Um, and obviously, please like and subscribe uh, and share and all that kind of stuff. Hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy life. <laughs> please share it to all your friends, um, and we will have another podcast up soon. Yes. Um, And uh, we hope to hear from you guys on social media and can't wait to put another one up for you guys to listen. Yep. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you.